Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. That kid is back on the escalator again. Hand on her. Is my boomstick. Game over, man. Game over. Welcome to the bargain bin. I am your host, Ben Mason. And with me is not my usual co-host, Sandra Luketic. Today, we have special guest Mark Pulls returning yet again, host of the Knocked Conscious and Beer Googles podcasts. Mark, welcome back, my friend. Hello, sir. How you doing? Doing well. I'm really looking forward to talking about 1989 society tonight. Uh, I, I know that it was a last minute thing and I put you through what could be considered torture. I don't know. Um, I thank you for the offer to do this <laughs> until you had me watch that movie. And then I felt <laughs> disgraced and shamed. So I feel like you guys do not care about me at all. <laughs> I love you. You know, I love you. I appreciate that. And I it thought is... this would be right up your alley. I really did. <laughs> well, I'm not a general horror guy. So the one snippet I saw before actually watching it showed the really all the horror that really was all in it. Because it really it, wasn't that much. So I was yeah, I was going to say, is this a horror film? Uh, it is. I think it's some kid's like senior project. It's directed by a horror director. I mean, was I, I did read something about it being their first. Yeah, early on, it was more of a, uh, I will direct this movie if you agree to let me direct this other film. Oh, what was the other film? Well, Brian Yuzna is the director here. He also did Bride of Reanimator, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Return of the Living Dead 3, Necronomicon, Book of the Dead, The Dentist, The Dentist 2, Beyond Reanimator, but most notably was the writer of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's like M. Night writing, uh, was it uh, Stuart Little? Stuart Little, yeah. Right? It's, like, it's like he does M. Night you. stuff, but he did Stuart Little to start. Yeah, no twist in that movie. No, not at all. No, it's pretty much a straight mouse. <laughs> not familiar with Rick Fryer or Woody Keith, other than those are two amazing names for the writers. They're phenomenal names. And the other the other thing, though, about the the main actor. Uh, Billy the, the, Warlock. Billy, yeah. You know that you have really poor acting when your character's name is your actual first name. <laughs> And I looked through the cast, and it's the only one. So I'm thinking that Billy, like, it was Billy's early days. And I'm like, we'll just call you Bill. We have something coming up soon, you, Sandra, and myself, uh, where what we'll be talking about, all four leads use their real names. Really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. So we'll, we'll get into that a bit more later, but... Okay. Uh, Let's uh let's hop into society again. I apologize for making you watch this. I apologize for people who are listening to this about us <laughs> watching it. This okay. I ha I have to start off with uh there is a YouTube channel that I watch religiously called Good Bad Flicks, um, hosted by Cecil Trachtenberg. I love Cecil, he's amazing, he's great. Um, but in his old video intro, it's just a mishmash of clips from different horror films, and I knew every single one except for one short clip and I had never been able to find it. And then I stumbled upon this movie and the last piece of the puzzle fit and it's from the end. It was like, a, it was like a light bulb moment. Yeah, exactly. You had an epiphany kind of like, it's kind of like one of those things where you get four songs snippets in a row and you have to guess which one they are. Exactly. And you knew them all except for this one. So I'm wondering if I like this movie 
only because it solved that mystery for me. But we'll we'll find out as we go through. I would watch this maybe one more time. <laughs> I, I think if so. Like, I mean, seven. I don't know if that's a ringing endorsement, <laughs> but I mean, it was. You know, I could watch it one more time probably and get get in the weeds. All right. Well, you ready to dive in, sir? I'm ready, sir. Nighttime. A sweaty John Stamos lookalike approaches the front door of the Whitney estate and enters. Creepy laughs emit from the darkness, and our boy Billy explores the unlit main level of the house. He grabs a knife from the kitchen. More disembodied laughter puts him further on edge. The lights turn on, and Billy's mother nervously confronts him from the stairs. Decent opening. I mean... Yeah, definitely. Late. The way he was holding the knife was a little concerning. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah he definitely. had his hand... The palm, like the palm of his hand around the blade part of the knife. That's the Homer Simpson technique. Yeah, the hugging. He was like hugging the knife. Yeah. And I didn't understand that. That seemed a little off, but yeah, good opening. Well, it turns out we're viewing Billy's nightmare that he's relaying to his therapist. He admits fearing his parents, sister, and the therapist himself. When questioned why, he says he believes that something's going to happen. And if he scratches the surface, something bad will appear. He takes a bite from an apple and worms writhe out of its innards. And we get the title screen. I haven't used innards in a while. That was excellently done. Thank you. I was more happy with writhe. That was also well done. Mm -hmm. Wordsmith happening right here. W-R-I-T-H-E. E. Yeah. How about that? Um, the, the credit sequence is confusing and disturbing. And is only really effective if you've already seen the whole film. Was it by order of appearance? No, I mean the actual visuals that you see. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that like, didn't make any sense. No, not at all. Uh, I appreciate it, though, upon second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh viewings. Uh, <laughs> How many times <laughs> did we view this? Seven. Seven, okay. Yeah. Billy and his buddy Milo are playing basketball in the driveway of Billy's family's house. Billy sinks a shot and tells Milo it's just a matter of good breeding, which is something that comes up throughout the movie, but seems like a weird thing to tell your friend. Yeah. And I also found out how quickly and very early why Billy did not have a very big career. <laughs> he's shorter than every other actor in this movie. Everybody. He's like, what? He's like Tom Cruise without the lifts or something. I don't know. <laughs> And it, like there were no camera angles that were helping him in in any way. He was shorter than the women in this movie. I'm not sure how he got cast. I don't know. I don't. I don't dislike him though. No, no, I don't dislike him. I thought it was pretty funny. But they hear a car door close and go check it out. They see a van belonging to Blanchard, and Billy yells to his sister Jenny to let her know Blanchard's there. She tells Billy to get rid of him, and he obliges because after all, what are brothers for? I didn't think brothers are for just getting rid of unwanted people. No, nah, but, you know, girlfriend, you know, sisters, ex-boyfriends, so, you know, they got to protect the sister. I get but it. I, I get I get what you're saying, though, too. Billy goes to find Blanchard while Jenny admires herself in the vanity mirror before putting on the most 80s dress I have ever seen. The it was the 80s, sir. <laughs> it, was, well, it was the yeah, peak of the 80s. It was literally the last year of the 80s. So it was, That was the release. It was definitely filmed, I would say, 86, that's true. 87. 80, that's true. Probably would have taken a couple years. The clothes in her closet shift slightly, but she has her back to it. She goes to pick up a pair of earrings, but notices that one is missing. She finds it on the floor in front of the closet, but when she bends down to pick it up, she sees a face staring at her through the clothing. 
She screams and backs away, but the man rushes out of the closet, throws a hand over her mouth, and pushes her down onto a lounge chair. He says to just give him a minute to explain, but Ginny's screams have alerted Billy, and he bursts through the room, grabbing the man and pushing him toward the front door. Billy can move, man. He's quick. I think maybe his height gives him that quickness advantage. (laughs) Seriously, he can dash from the driveway basketball court through the front door up the stairs down whatever hall it is and through the door in a matter of seconds yeah it was quick but i assumed he was already on his way up there but i don't know yeah could be but but he was you know or he was waiting in the next room till the till the director told him to come in (laughs) and go (laughs) during the struggle billy and jenny's parents jim and nan come home just in time to hear blanchard tell billy that something weird is going on and that jenny is playing games with him Their mother tells Blanchard to leave, and he does, but then we get a creepy affectionate shot of the parents and Jenny. Nan makes a super creepy statement saying that Jenny should be getting ready for the party since she knows Judge Carter will be there. And these notes I have are from uh, an attempted recording that Sandra and I did a while ago. Okay. Uh, So I have a note here that just says, rewatching this today, I'm getting Epstein vibes. (laughs) That's funny. So it's been a while ago. Well, I mean, what, what seemed interesting is that the woman seemed very complete. The young woman seemed very complicit in this or excited oh. to, for the process. Definitely. Not coerced in any way. <laughs> That's what made it creepy to me. Like, cause I'm trying to, we're trying to figure out what's going on. Right. Which we actually, do we really ever, I mean, ultimately really find out what's going on. No. Um, but, but we're trying to figure this out. Right. Cause there's suspense. The music, by the way, very well done. Very good use of like trying to, you know, evoke emotion with all the music they had. It was loaded with background music. Yeah. And I forget who did the music screaming mad George, I think. Oh wait, it no, sounds, that, was special sounds, that sounds right. <laughs> but, um, but like the woman just, why was this young woman so complicit and excited about the judge? Cause you know, the judge wasn't going to be like 30. Yeah. He was going to be a little bit older. And we know these kids are in high school. Yes. Private school. Yeah. Um, They did. I think they did too good of a job showing Billy as being a bit of an outsider in the family. Um, Obviously his actions are different than those of his parents and sister, but also being the only one who isn't blonde. Right. I was just going to say they, they did that on purpose. Yeah. They absolutely went with that blonde brunette contrast. Yeah. He was the antithesis of all the of of the parents for sure. Exactly. But also like normally I would expect something like that if the outsider was completely untalented or like like really just didn't fit, but he's an all-star basketball player, a great athlete, super popular. So he 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 does kind of fit in. It's just a, like a visual cue which I found strange. Right, like he fit in the school, he just didn't fit in the family. Exactly, yeah. But that didn't make sense either because like you would think the school would be made of the kin- like the kids of the family's friends who if he's on the outs with them they'd kind of shun him too. I feel like that that would happen yeah. at school too. It seems like all of this conveniently happens at once. And what's really interesting to me is the kid I don't know if the kid got converted but his competitor who was the nerd uh Marty. Right. Yeah. Why was he the nerd if he was one of them? That's a conversion for sure. Okay. 
Yeah, I didn't know if they converted that. or if they just fed off them. It was very odd to me because I don't know what. And I'm getting way ahead of myself. Yeah, well, it, it it's very getting vague. too cerebral for this phenomenal flesh. <laughs> um, the parents go or start quantum to mechanics. Go. Got it. <laughs> right. the, the parents start to go upstairs, and Jim turns to ask Billy if that was Milo outside. Billy says yes and starts to explain why, but his father just turns around and continues up the stairs. Billy and Jenny have a short heart-to-heart. Billy asks what's up with her and Blanchard, and she says he just wasn't the right type for her. Um, Based off of what we've seen already, I don't understand how the two of them would have been an item in the first place, but okay. Yeah, and his beauty mark was not so beautiful. No. That dude was a chubby, fat, disgustoid. And, like, the way he grabbed her in the beginning, like, that no one knocked him out made no sense to me. I agree. Like, because um, they were all there. Like, it wasn't just Billy that got there. It feels like the casting here was, mo- they were more of, like, a victim of circumstance. <laughs> They're like, well, we need to make this fast. What's that guy over there doing? Hey, man, you ever act? Huh? Oh, that's great. You want to? It was all the homeless people back in the day. There only were, like, 20 <laughs> of them back then. But now there's, like, 100,000. You find out that Skid Row is just the outcast from the movie when the children was done. The movie society <laughs> and all their offspring. Because they copulate, you know. Oh my gosh, that's great. Jenny then asks Billy to zip, her, or zip up her dress. Uh, when he does, he sees part of her back pulsating and freezes. She asks if something is wrong and the camera shows everything to be just fine and normal. Billy apologizes about not going to Jenny's uh, debutante coming out party, but she tells him it's fine and that his basketball game is also important. The next day, I guess, there's a debate at Beverly Hills Academy. Billy versus Nerd Marty. 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 Billy's introduced by his girlfriend, Shauna, who's one of the school's cheerleaders, and the crowd loves it. No intro for Marty, though, but he declares that Billy is just using his popularity to win votes from the childish morons. Yeah, well played, Marty. I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. And then he's like, looks like you just lost the moron vote. Yep. That was even better. Because I feel like he would have lost the back to to Milton or whatever, Milo or whatever. What was his name? Marty? Marty. Billy? Bill, no, no, not Billy. Billy when Billy, Billy said he lost the from, moron uh, vote. Or you, <laughs> from... Uh, when, when Masses Billy said he lost the moron vote, he should have shifted the votes back to Marty. I liked Marty in this for what we see of him. He's hardly on screen at all, but a, a fun character to have. Petrie, right? No, no. What's what's his name? Uh, yeah, it is yeah, Petrie. Marty, right? Marty Petrie. Yeah, Petrie. Okay, because in the credits, it just comes up as Petrie. That's what I'm trying to like figure out, put the face to the... Oh, everything was shuffled and rushed out for this movie, which is weird considering. <laughs> Including the IMDb uh, <laughs> database. <laughs> um, this debate is for a high school election, and the first topic is about the planned dress code. Billy goes first, but is distracted by a girl in the front row who pulls a Sharon Stone maneuver three years before Basic Instinct is released. All Billy and covered. And covered, yes. Two, okay, so not full Sharon Stone. <laughs> you don't go full but Sharon Stone. I will say that was pretty risque. Was this just a rated R flick? Or was it a, like a PG or an NC-17 kind of? I want to say it was rated R. I mean, that was pretty borderline, like, I, I it, don't know. For 89, I felt like it would have been. Is risque for what was trying to be a mainstream film. Yeah. Um, Because a, a lot of the scenes with the ladies had, like, panties and, like, 
you know, lacy things on. They were dressed very like uh, pre uh, pre stripper days. Yeah, I mean there there's a weird amount of nudity and implied kink in this film, which fits for the story, but not for the um a lot of the cast and the way they did it. No, I would say the audience <laughs> for this movie. Oh yeah. Cause this, this movie is meant for that gross out audience. Like people that like street trash and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. It's not for the 50 shades audience. No. By any means. That's what I swear to God. When I saw the one picture, I thought it was going to be tentacle porn. I'm like, what the hell is this? I mean, you're not far off. No, it wasn't that far off, but it was kind of interesting. Like, cause I'm wondering anime must have had that before 89. And I know that that started influencing a lot of the Western stuff. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie is unlike any other film I've ever seen. (laughs) It's true. All right. So let's keep, let's keep going so we can get in this, end this beautiful thing. (laughs) Ended already. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's been great. Have a good night. Um, all Billy can say at this point is that he thinks the school should have a dress code and it should be followed strictly. Shauna isn't having it. Uh, slams her books down and Billy snaps out of his daze. He corrects himself saying they shouldn't be stuck wearing those stupid clothes and points out Marty as an example. He goes on to say that a dress code would be like a conspiracy and then looks back to the girl who distracted him earlier. She and the boy next to her are both gone. Now the debate moderator leans in and tells Billy that girl is bad news, which we, which she is. She is bad news. Although no, it turns out good. We're good. The only one, though. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. The, the more I think about it, see, I, I enjoyed watching this movie all seven times. All seven. But when you I say. I love that you know exactly how many times <laughs> you watch this thing. That's like, you know, that's 10 and a half hours you're never going to get back, right? That's fine. I gave them willingly. That's I good. enjoy hey, this, man. It was consensual. So you're okay. It wasn't forced. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Please. Yeah, my continue. own my own personal shunting. When you watched this all seven times, what, what did you really enjoy about it? Um, okay, put me on the thought. spot here. Yeah, I totally did. Uh, um, we were talking about uh, the debate and Shauna getting mad and throwing her stuff down, and the woman being bad. Bad news. Yeah. No. What I liked about this is the reason you didn't like it. You said it's confusing and doesn't make sense, and you're right. It doesn't. But I see bits and pieces here that could lead on to such amazing things, and you're like, okay, it's an unrealized you know, thought or unrealized creative direction. You're like, yeah, sure. That's fine. But I don't see these bursts of storytelling in other films. Like it could have gone off in so many different directions. We could have had multiple society movies and I would have been down for all of them. I mean, we got some like comic book sequels, not really the same. That had to have been the guess, right? With the way it ended. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That there were going to be ones and it must either just Fell, off, fell to the wayside or just was not economically viable, right? But I also think that Brian is the director and how this was just his deal. Like, yeah, I'll direct this if I can direct this other movie. He's like, I, I'm just going to direct what's in the script. I don't care if it makes sense or not. Oh, perfect. So I, I think that that's, uh, you got the most honest review. <laughs> I don't know what I watched. It doesn't make sense. Let's yeah, I totally it. get it. Um, I, I didn't even have an issue with it not making sense. It just was really hard to put together. Yeah. But there were parts that, if followed correctly or followed, to your point, 
down if you went down the rabbit hole on some of the branches you could have done something with that yeah bare minimum it's fun it's a lot origin of story comes to mind and as well as other stuff would have <laughs> are you sure you meant origin story and not just explanation well we do need to know how where these <laughs> things came from that are not not you freaking aliens die alien scum <laughs> die alien scum Billy burst into his therapist's office, proudly announcing that he won both the election and the basketball game. Dr. Cleveland says it's great that he's allowing himself success without self-sabotaging. He then questions Billy's sentiments towards his family. It's a weird turn. Uh, it's revealed that Billy says uh, they don't think about him, and he doesn't think about them. They're one big happy family, except for a little incest and psychosis. Bit of an info dump there. Uh, <laughs> Dr. Cleveland calls him out on his sarcasm and then says he thinks he actually believes it. Billy denies and he says he thinks they just don't approve of him. They don't treat him like they treat Jenny. They don't accept his friends and he doesn't even look like them. Yeah, okay, we already covered that. He believes he was adopted, most likely. Probably. Cleveland says he's being paranoid, then drops the line that Billy deserves what's going on or what's going to happen to him. He's going to make a great con contribution to society. Um, and the first time I saw the movie, I was all in at this point. Uh, I, I really do think that for a lower budget eighties horror movie, there's a decent amount of intrigue here. It's just unfortunate that we don't get the explanation. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's suspense. Like it makes you want, it definitely made me wonder what's happening. Right. Yeah. They just didn't explain it. No. So they but, might just never know either. The mystery builds and builds and builds, and you get a little explanation here and there, and then the credits roll, and you're like, "Well, okay, <laughs> yeah." Just the uh, last scene yeah. was just, what? Huh? Huh? Leaving? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. I, um, without explaining what the last scene is, I'm going to get everyone a little teaser here with a, a a review that I saw. Um, Let's see. Yes, it has one of the craziest and most disgusting endings in movie history. Um, ah, yeah, here it is. Uh, Mark Wilmington of the LA Times. Uh, he, he wrote, No one who sees the last half hour of this movie will ever forget it, though quite a few may want to. That's classic. It's true, though. That is That is very accurate assessment. Back at the Whitney house, Billy knocks on the bathroom door. Jenny's in the shower, but he needs suntan lotion. There's no answer, so he lets himself in. And he sees Jenny through the glass shower doors, but something's fucked up. Jenny is humming a song and washing herself, but her torso is on backwards. Uh, Billy opens the shower door, which is a fucking weird move, but okay. Ah, her torso appears, appears. on backwards through the, through the frosted glass, sir. Yes. Let's not kid ourselves. Because when he opens the door, he sees his normal-looking sister covering herself and yelling at him. He panics, explains why he was there, and GTFOs. That he opened that door was worse than what his parents were doing. Because uh -huh. that was not consensual. No, it's weird. <laughs> I know the woman's underage. I'm totally joking about this stuff. When It's not a joke, everyone. So don't well, cancel me, please. This is poor special effects, too. Yeah, because we're supposed to believe that her torso is backwards. Right, because it looks like her head's basically backwards. Her head looks like it's on backwards. You can see breasts on her back. But the actor, as they're washing themselves, their arms are still the right way on. 
Right. What it looked like to me was like she was facing the glass and they just put a backwards head on her. That's exactly what they did. Is that what they did? Yeah. Because it didn't look like the back, even though it was the back. It was actually her front the whole time. So it was weird. And I think that has to be a budget thing because the first thing I would have done for a shot like that is film both standing facing the glass, standing facing away from the glass. There is a line in the middle of the door and just edit it into a composite shot. And then superimpose it that way or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. But I mean, it looks weird. And if they're going for weird, nailed it. Well, it does look weird and it looks a lot like the weird shapes that go on later. So it kind of yeah. does play into the odd, like what is, I think once again, it did build that intrigue of what is that shape? Yeah. What, what's going on in there? And you see it a few times leading up to that end scene. Correct. In the, uh, the shadows in the uh, hospital. Yep. And, and uh, in, um, uh, God, what's her name? Uh, Clarissa's um, house. Oh yeah. When they're getting it on. Yeah. Yeah. She's all uh, twisted up or whatever. Or we're led to believe so. Or yes. Seemed that way. Outside, Billy encounters his parents who are fascinated by a plate of slugs. Jim greets his son as the future student body president of Beverly Hills Academy. Nan says, okay, what kind of name is Nan? Nan says they're so excited. Short for Nancy, man. Is oh. it Nancy? Yeah. All right. It's dumb, but it works. Nan. That's for me. That's grandma. Nanny. Yeah, I know. Like nanny, right? Yeah. Like Nana, Nana. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Plus, they're they're not aliens, but they're weird, man. Yeah, I don't get the slug thing. I feel like that's like their people. <laughs> uh, it's like the evolution <laughs> of their be. people. It could very know. well be. That's what I was like. I was wondering: Are they going to feed it to them to make them into the, these things? I didn't know what was going on either. Nan says they're so excited for their party for Judge Carter next week uh, that we get a really awkward silence. Billy says he's going to the beach and his parents are overly insistent that he's home on time. He gets into his sick Jeep, which is fucking awesome. It is. And and sits on a Ken doll that has a screw driven into its head. He shrugs and throws it in the back. Yeah, what was the deal with that? Was that like a voodoo thing or what? We find out why it's there eventually. And spoiler, there's no no reason. There's no reason. No, it, it it's just to mess with him. Oh, that's right. The guys like that apologized to him, Milo, for doing all the weird stuff. Yeah, Milo, his, his basketball buddy. The only cool Milo that I know in a movie, it was in the Last Boy Scout. Not that I'm trying to change. Uh, Who was Milo subjects. in the Last Boy Scout? Uh, the bad guy. The bad guy or the bad guy henchman. The bad guy henchman, not the That's main right. Texas he was in, bad guy. Um, he was in. Um, yeah, he was in Better Off Dead or uh, Biodome. Some, yes, he was also in Biodome. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and he was in some other stuff before that as well. In the eighties, he was big too. Oh, one of the classic that guy actors. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, it just always <laughs> makes me think of Milo. Oh, Milo's <laughs> when he's got a little cat. Milo and Otis. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. All right, so. Private beach at the Albacore Club. Making out with Shauna. Billy's rubbing suntan lotion on Shauna's stomach and the two start to make out. She says that if he really loves her, he'll get them invited to Ted Ferguson's party. Ted Ferguson is such a terrible name. Two kids army crawl past them in the background. They sneak up and grab the lotion. One kid shoots at Billy with a water gun while the other covers Shauna in lotion, the whole time yelling, die alien scum. 
Billy tackles them, but they get away. He crawls over to the lotion, but before he can get to it, it's pulled uh, from the ground uh, by the girl who distracted him at the debate. Billy is stunned by her beauty, and she jokingly sprays him in the face with lotion and walks away. Yeah, the dialing scum thing that it recurred. Yeah. I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Uh, seven times viewed this movie, only picked up on it. Uh, it's on the eighth time. <laughs> on, on the seventh time. I was like, holy shit, nice callback. It is interesting. Okay, cool. Billy goes to talk to Ted about the party. Obvious friction between the two. Uh, for some reason, Marty's hanging out with the cool kids, but Marty is still the nerd at this moment. Uh, Billy hints about the party that weekend, and Ted shrugs it off, and Billy leaves. Blanchard approaches Billy and says he has something Billy needs to hear. And this is where things start getting real weird. Jim and Judge Carter are talking in a posh seating room. Jenny enters, and the judge flirts with her immediately. Made me very uncomfortable. Jenny tells her father there's something wrong with one of her earrings. He inspects it and notices that something seems to be caught in its backing. Blanchard plays a tape for Billy. He's been secretly recording Billy's family, and this tape has Billy's parents and sister discussing the debutante coming out party. Jenny's voice asks if, uh, if she can do it with women as well as men. Her mother confirms that, and Jim says first they dine, then they copulate. First with someone her own age, then her mother and himself, and then the host. Jim then says to forget about Billy, uh, since he's more concerned about his world than theirs. So many hints without actually talking about what's going on here. Right. Blanchard then plays more of the recording, covering that Ted Ferguson will be Jenny's first, and Billy loses it. And rightfully so. Ted sucks. Yeah, it's Ted Ferguson. Jim and Carter discover the microphone on the earring and somehow know right away that it's Blanchard's doing. Because he's an expert electronic guy. Uh, he looks like it. That's what they said he was. Yeah. I think. Um, if I remember meanwhile, correctly. Blanchard's playing audio of Jenny having sex with Ted. Then we hear more voices and a weird cacophony of orgasms and terror. And Billy just grabs the tape and storms off. Which is probably a realistic reaction when you think about it. Yeah, I was surprised. I was I was concerned he was going to destroy it right there. Yeah, me too. Not going to lie. Uh, not the best writing this movie, but no. I, again, like we're about halfway through my notes, and it's just question after question after question with and none of them get answered. Really, no. I mean, you kind of know what's going on at the end, but yeah, do you? Do you really though? I mean, you can't tell the like I said, you don't know the history in the in the uh Yeah, it's like weird because you you finish the movie and you're like, "Oh." And then if someone asked you to explain the plot, you'd be like, "I can't." Oh, yeah, no. So it's it's almost like a a false sense of understanding. It is, but I I'll, I'll try my best at the end. Okay, good. Cuz we'll There is a a theme that runs throughout the film that you're like, "Okay, yeah, they they did a very good job of using that from start to finish. Yeah, die alien scum. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he goes to Dr. Cleveland's house and demands he listen to the tape. Cleveland says he doesn't have the time but to hand over the tape and he'll listen to it later. Billy refuses at first but relents and leaves. The next day in the school hallway, Billy tries to explain to Shauna what he heard. They fight over her value of social status and Billy gets pissed about her not listening. 
Shauna suggests they see other people and leaves. Then Billy opens his locker and there's a shrunken head inside. It seems like what's going on in this movie is way too menacing for the Ken doll with a screw in its head and a plastic Mm. shrunken head to really mean much of anything. It does seem weird because you're like, what does that have to do with anything? And it's, I think it's like one of those weird diversions that you try to throw into a movie, but it's so clearly obviously not connected to anything. It's so unimportant. Yeah, it's really not. Like I like what they're trying to do. They're just doing it poorly. I mean, it does explain when Milo apologizes later or whatever, then they befriend, they befriend each other a little bit. So maybe that's why it was done. But they were already friends. Initially. Yeah, it's true too. I don't know. Man, we, we meet Milo while they're playing basketball in the driveway. What do I know, man? <laughs> you, want, you, you asked me to watch this, this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want this over with so no, fast. No, I'm good. I'm enjoying it, man. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> um, Dr. Cleveland has listened to the tape and accuses Billy of breaking the law. Billy is flustered by Cleveland's reaction, and the doctor plays the tape, and the recording is just the Whitney family having a talk while they're out for a drive. It sounds vaguely similar, but incredibly wholesome, as if Billy misheard everything. Yeah, literally all the bad things. What was it? Instead of copulate, it was something like, we'll have lunch and then drinks or something. Or yeah. Get together or something. Meet up. Yeah. or Just completely innocent. Innocuous, yeah. Completely. What would you expect from like a rich family on a weekend or something? Yeah, places where people summer and winter. Yes. He's completely stunned by it. Dr. Cleveland scolds Billy with heavy-handed few lines here saying people are what they are you have to learn to accept that and you have to learn to accept society's rules of privacy if you don't follow the rules billy bad things happen some people make the rules and some people follow the rules it's a question of what you're born to billy freaks out calls blanchard and uh, arranges a, a meeting to get another copy of the tape Billy arrives at that location, but Blanchard's van is totaled and upside down on the side of the road. Police and crew are already there, and blood is all over the street. Blanchard's wrapped-up, blood-soaked corpse is being loaded into an ambulance, and Billy asks if he's dead. Um, Yeah, this whole scene was so not a real thing. It's... It's it's bad, right? Like the whole. He's not roped off. Like I don't know. It just seems like he had too much direct access to everything. Well, first of all, he's like stepping in the puddle of blood as they're wheeling him away, and you're like, "How the hell did you get that far?" Blanchard's body is in a blood-soaked body bag. Um, Billy just wanders right into the crash scene, like you said. He's walking through blood, stepping on broken glass. Starts rummaging through the van, looking for the tape, I assume. And it's only after this a cop tells him to get the hell out of there? Like he would have had a copy of the tape anyway. Yeah. It's just like it was one of those micro cassettes. Like, I don't care how much of a nerd you are, because I was a nerd back then and I didn't do that. I had yeah. one copy and then he got the copy and then you lost the copy. That's how that's how it works. Exactly. But and, but it does add to like killing him off though. So it does yeah, allow that scene to actually take shape. But I, as much as I enjoy this movie, I think this is the scene that just kind of killed all hope of like uh, a well thought out storyline. 
Well, it makes me wonder if they those if those things are psychic or if they communicated if that guy called after they left. Yeah, how quickly they got to him? Because I found that pretty interesting. Spoiler: We know that there's a, a weird conspiracy on the go here. Oh, for sure. And different people throughout society are part of it. But Absolutely. We don't know that yet. So right, there's nothing we've even seen. We've only hinted at all of it. Exactly. So this kind of scene, and I, I fully expect that most people will only watch this movie once. So yeah, I don't and think, it probably needs to be watched a couple times, to be honest. Probably seven. But, <laughs> well, considering but yeah, what you caught on the seventh time. If you don't go back and rewatch this movie, this scene is forgettable. It's ridiculous. It's stupid, but only makes sense upon a second viewing. Well, it does make sense that they killed him off because he yeah, was going to have a copy of the tape. Yeah. How Billy was standing in the middle of the car, of the accident itself and how he got to the, to rummage yeah. through the stuff. Like, I feel like they would have stopped him way before that. And you watch him just get wheeled into the, but by the end of the movie, did you remember this scene? N no, except for a little later, I did remember it when at the funeral. Yes. Okay. I get that. Cause when they show, well, I don't know. I'll let you get there and then we'll talk yeah. about it. Um, because the first time I saw this, like I saw this and I was, I was confused by it. Like none of this scene makes sense. And then I forgot about it completely. Um, so maybe, maybe that's just me as a viewer. I don't know, but Billy goes home and Jenny gives him a telegram. Cause that was a thing. Uh, turns out it's an invite to Ted's party. Jim says they know about the accident and it's awful, but none of them seem to actually care. I guess it's that night or the night after. Anyway, it's nighttime. Yeah, it's at night. Ferguson's throwing the most boring looking 80s yippee party I've ever seen. Billy arrives and is floored by the stunning Clarissa. And now I'm really thinking John Stamos and Vanity from Never Too Young to Die. I don't think you've seen that movie. Uh, I highly recommend you check it out. It's on YouTube. Could I trouble you to say that one more time, please, sir? Never Too Young to Die? No, I never saw that. Yeah. It's uh, John Stamos is a teenage spy, son of spy, uh, I forget his first name, but last name Stargrove. John Stamos plays Lance Stargrove. His father's played by George Lazenby. Oh, wow. Um, the villain is uh, Gene Simmons. This sounds amazing. Uh, Gene Simmons' henchman is Robert Englund. Really? Pre-Freddy pre or during the uh, 80s? Post. Post. Okay, so in the 90s. No, it's, uh, yeah. I think, 86, 87. Okay, yeah. Uh, high recommend. High recommend. Can you, can you say it one more time? Never too young to die. Never too young to die. I'll Everybody has that. to watch this. Okay. Um, cut to the two of them dancing. Clarissa seems to know a lot about Billy's life. Uh, Milo shows up and questions Billy about what happened with Blanchard and why is Milo there? He definitely would not be invited. They have zero interest in him. He's just there. Yeah, I don't, I have no idea. Well, he crashed, it seemed like, because he said he wasn't invited, didn't he, when he grabbed him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I, I think he part. did. I, I think he said something like that, but I, I could be wrong. Trust me, it was very hard to pay attention. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> in this nonsensical film, are you sure? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Think of it as completely sensical in a 180-degree way of common thinking. Well, my brain just melted. Yeah, that's the way to do it. 
he follows Clarissa into a large tent where Ferguson and company are hanging out and drinking and smoking. Billy says they need to talk about his sister and Blanchard. And Ted says he thought they broke up. And he's so good at playing a smug bastard. I love it. Ferguson he says he slept with Jenny and then everyone else at the party got so turned on that they had sex with her too. He then ran Blanchard off the road into a pole. Uh, the two fight and Ted tells Billy if he makes waves, he's going to drown. Then throws him into the pool. Clever line. I enjoyed it. One of the only shining points of dialogue. Yeah, pretty much. Well, there's one more is my the quote. Oh, yes. The best quote. <laughs> Awkward flirting leads Billy and Clarissa to a bedroom to have the most unattractive sex scene ever, which eventually makes sense. Uh, Billy notices that there's a third hand with nail polish involved in this tryst and panics rolling out of the bed. Clarissa's body is all sorts of contorted and she simply smiles and laughs to herself. He clears his eyes and everything looks normal again. A red sports car is parked outside. In it are Shauna and her cheerleader friend, who we saw at Ted's earlier. Uh, the friend has brought Shauna to show her what Billy is up to. Which, I mean, good job being a friend. But how good of a friend is this girl if she knows that Shauna wasn't invited, but these girls go to the party anyway? Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Ted, or Ted, Billy gets the telegram for the invite to the party, but doesn't take Shauna. Well, they had broken up right before. I guess. Yeah, that's right. I Remember she dumped she him. Storms I was look, trust me. I was trying to find more holes than <laughs> I actually found in this thing. I'm not going to lie. I mean, as, as far as an actual plot goes, I think they covered most of their bases. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Cause like right. it didn't deal with time. Okay. Look, anytime you deal with time, you know, you're in trouble. Like yes. you've got causality and shit. That yep. stuff just doesn't, that's work. a problem. Right. When you start, dealing with changing things. That's when you get all screwed up. But everything other than what the hell's going on, exactly, it all is plausible at this point. It is. You're right. And I, I thought the same thing, though. Same, same. I'm like, wait a minute. He didn't bring Shauna. Oh, wait. She dumped him just now before, yeah. before he got the telegram. And the only reason he's going is to talk to Ted about Jenny. Of course. There we are. Uh, Clarissa has made tea for Billy. She asks him if he wants cream, sugar, or if he wants her to pee in it. Um, yeah, I didn't. I I wasn't sure about that one. I don't. That, that was my second it, favorite quote. Was it a joke movie? I I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't. Know. I want. I want. They laughed. They did laugh. So I think he intentionally think they were joking. I I don't. Or they were really, really really excited like, to do it. I don't know which one it was. I, I, yeah, it's really tough to know without knowing what these things are. Yeah, and and like, look, they they seem to be kinky, so water sports would be part of the kink. I guess. Yeah, totally. So like, for her to say that and then to laugh, I totally see that within character. Once again, it's not out of character of kinky, uh, non-alien, uh, non-humanoids. Yeah, on Earth. We don't yeah. know about that though, and that just kind of like <laughs> it's it's just said so nonchalantly. It like, was. There's no inflection whatsoever. It's just no. But then she giggled. It was so dry. It was very br yeah. like British delivered. You should try that sometime. See what the reaction is. Co uh, not coffee, tea, or me. It's a uh, cream, sugar, pea. Yeah. Okay, got it. <laughs> uh, I'm on it. I'm gonna try it at work next week. Well done. And then I will be looking for a job next week. 
<laughs> get something for that black eye too. <laughs> Outside, Shauna and friend get spooked by an unseen person and drive off. Cut to that unseen person's POV as they walk up on Billy and Clarissa making out. Uh, it turns out to be Clarissa's mother with smeared makeup and a blank expression holding a bunch of blonde hair in her closed fist. She coughs up a hairball and Clarissa kicks her out of the room. What is that thing? I don't know. We did see, I forgot to mention, we saw her at the beach right after we met yes. Clarissa. He, uh, Billy ran into her. And once yeah. again, another woman taller than him. Everybody's taller than him. You're right. I'm just trying to clarify. I'm trying to trying set set a pre or you know set that that mindset. Yeah. Like, what, I don't know is, if it's a precedence. I don't know no. what I'm trying to set Expected. the right image or set yeah. the right uh, atmosphere. How, how short this guy is. Do you want to try and uh, explain who this character is or what's going? She's on a large them? woman who allegedly is that Kalila Arisa woman's mother, mm -hmm. and she seems mentally uh, challenged. Yeah. Like, like her, like her switch didn't take. I think I realized what the main issues that we have with this movie are and that you're presented with things with zero explanation and just expected to accept it. Yes. Yeah. You're making a lot of guesses and you keep making guesses throughout the entire movie until the credits roll. You have to. See, I have this with Sandro a lot. And like, there's a movie I really enjoy and I can't wait to talk about it. And as I explain my feelings about it, I realize I don't like it as much as I thought I did. Really? And I see that happening here, which I don't like, but it's, I mean, it's pretty honest, man. This movie is problematic at best. It'd be, it'd be nice to do a reboot with a, with a real budget and some computers. Could you do a reboot of this? Well, you could you could make it say forty five minutes longer and make it more explain. Yeah, have a better cast and explain things a little bit better. This screams HBO Max miniseries. <laughs> oh, there you go. You could do that. You could do it. You know, you could do a ten episode Band of Brothers type thing. Like this is social commentary one hundred percent. What would you call it? the the Whitney's? You could. I don't know. I mean, it's the opposite of eat the rich, right? Yeah, you call it Whitney's or you call it something like uh, whatever town they're in, you know? Yeah. Or it's I Beverly Hills Academy or whatever. Maybe do it that way. You could do it Riverdale style from the kids' perspective. You can do it from the parents' perspective. You could do it from so many different angles, too. You could definitely do this Riverdale kids' perspective. It, that same tone, that dark, because it, yeah. it is surreal at times. I mean, it really is, and those you know those kids are getting converted, right? When they as they get as they hit that age or whatever. Yeah, but like the weird thing is, these some of them get converted. Humans get converted, but some of them just are. I don't understand that. And some just don't. And what is Billy going to get blonde hair when if he got converted? Like, what would happen? Like uh, the whole thing with Marty. Yeah, I, I guess Marty has a promising future. I don't know. We'll we'll get to Marty. We'll get to I mean they're all at Beverly Hills Academy, so they're all doing something yeah. right. Or their parents are doing something right or something yeah. like that. Yeah, Lori Laughlin's school of the gift. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That would have been great if she was in this. <laughs> like back in eighty nine. <laughs> Starring yeah. Lori Laughlin as uh, Nan. <laughs> playing playing John Stamos' mother? Oh, that would have been amazing. Uh, the next morning, 
Billy is dressed for the funeral. He opens the door to his Jeep, and inside is a blow-up sex doll uh, with the Ken doll shoved in its mouth. Shauna confronts him and takes off. Oh, so Shauna didn't break up with him until this point. She broke up with him after the party, after she found out he was with Clarissa. So why didn't she go to the party? No. Because no, they stormed off some... in the school, in the hallway. Right. It was outside in the lockers. That's right. She I did something. She said up. something about, like, um, we should see other people is what she said. So up. basically, it's the Ross Rachel we were on a break misunderstanding. Yes. Because she did say, maybe we should see other people at the, outside the lockers. And then Storm I am up. really disappointed in how much attention I paid to watching this. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm really upset about. Yeah, I love that I've seen this seven times and you're clarifying <laughs> things for me. <laughs> That's what happens when I when you're working and watching this because you can really pay attention. Billy grabs the sex doll and heads back into the house, storming into his parents' room where Jim, Nan, and Jenny are all in their underwear and Jim is rubbing his daughter's shoulders. Billy throws the doll on the bed and demands to know what's going on. His mother compliments his looks, and he wants to know why they're doing these things to him. He looks good in his suit. He, yeah, he does look good in his suit. Nice tie. Jenny says to stop being paranoid, and his mother says he's going to be a great contribution to society. Billy's full-on weirded out now, understandably so, uh, stating he must be adopted, and hurls the worst line of the movie at Jim, which might be your favorite. Don't do it. I won't Don't. say it then. Don't, I don't, that. what Billy says to his dad, to Jim, yep. you may not use that. That is mine, sir. All right. Well, blank because quote. It is literally leave. the, it explains this movie. It with we'll, we'll use it. We'll say it at the end, but literally it, it explains the oxymoronic stance of this movie. Yeah. It has this word followed by this word. And you're like, no one who says this word would call them that word. No, and every time I hear that line, I I I, I physically move back a bit and just you take a sip of water it. just to so you could do a spit take or <laughs> yeah, and it is a spit take line, man. It's just, it doesn't. It make really sense. is when it hits the second part of that. So yes, um, all right, we'll get we will cover that. Okay. I promise. All right, well, moving on then to Blanchard's funeral. Milo and Billy are standing in front of their friend's casket. Milo says he doesn't look like himself at all and pokes Blanchard's cheek, driving his finger through his hollow face. Milo chucks it up to reconstructive work and leaves. Uh, Marty shows up and demands to speak with Billy about his family and society that night and walks out. Okay. This was weird to me because when I saw Blanchard in the casket, the first thing I'm like, I saw that towel or the sheet over his head at the crime at the accident there's no freaking way no that he's gonna look okay but why did they go through all that what was the use of showing that scene of it being reconstructed like i don't understand that what did they load into the ambulance i don't know that's a, i guess I just, it just seemed odd because, like, maybe that's see once again that was another hole I was looking for when I saw Blanchard in the casket. Swear to God, I'm sitting here going, he looks way too good after looking at what the sheet looked like. Yeah, and then they cover it by showing that it was reconstructive, and I'm like, you sons of bitches covered another track. These but, these people were experts <laughs> at really filling in plot holes that I don't, am an don't expert you, in finding. Don't you give these people credit? I am very much disappointedly admirable of these people. 
But we, again, spoiler, of course, we assume you've already seen this. Blanchard's not dead. So. Right. What was on that stretcher? That's right. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Yeah. What did they, did they take a body to the accident scene and then put fake blood on it and put it in a body bag and then load that into an ambulance and then recreate an entire blanchard body for the funeral that's serious planning that is some good forethought because i totally yeah you totally reminded me that blanchard makes a a revisit return yeah that is really i don't know but see even even regardless of if it was actually real they still covered their tracks and i'm wondering if they shot that scene (laughs) i'm wondering if they shot that scene like and said it fits either whatever direction we go <laughs> kind of i'm also wondering i'm wondering if they just like brian yuzna filmed the script that he had and was like next movie please you deal I, with this shit i think it should have been called like the ambiguous society yeah or ambiguity you gotta check out that new brian yuzna film i don't know what's it called uh it's uh where is it here uh it's called I don't know. You figure it out. Like it's bad. <laughs> it's not, it's definitely not good. I don't know, but it's kind of, it's kind of weird like that. I don't know. Anyway. Well, that night Billy arrives at the meeting site and walks into the forest. Milo pulls up and stops in the distance, watching his friend. Another car pulls, uh, pulls out of a lane and speeds past Milo. And Billy comes upon Marty's car. The lights are flashing and there's seemingly nobody around. He arms himself with a stick and opens one of the car doors only to have Marty's lifeless body slump out and somebody had cut his throat. Disembodied laughter cuts through the dark woods and Billy is in pursuit. He finds a sweater caught in the branches, but somebody throws him to the ground, grabs the sweater, and runs off. Billy tries to follow, but loses him after climbing a fence and ending up on a street. Oddly enough, Clarissa lives across the road and Billy goes to use her phone. Now, I thought that Clarissa lived pretty much across the street from ted ferguson yeah i don't think they drive from the party to her place they walk could very well be so not exactly the best meeting spot for marty to pick no but then again i'm trying to figure out marty and what happens next and how where they find in his body double spoiler alert yeah i don't know do you know what i mean it's when I was watching it this time too, like I said before, at the beach earlier, Marty's there hanging out with Ted and his friends. And I'm just thinking like, Marty doesn't really fit there. So is Marty already one of them? Right. But In then again, case, how would he have his death scene? throat slit? Like, it just exactly. seemed odd. So anyway, he's throat slit. Yep. Uh, and then, oh, he grabs the cops, right? Yeah, Billy and uh, Clarissa and the police go to Marty's car, only the car they find is not the one Billy saw before, and there's no sign of a murder. The police threaten Billy and leave, and Billy and Clarissa sleep in the Jeep. We're now at the next school presidential debate. Uh, Billy confronts Jenny, but she has nothing to say. Uh, He takes the stage and declares to the crowd that it's strange for Marty not to be there yet. He's never late, so something's up. Somebody killed Blanchard and Marty. They tried to tell Billy about something, but were killed before they could do so. The crowd erupts in laughter as Marty walks on stage, claiming car trouble, and Billy flees. Sure. 
Invasion of the Body Snatchers? Okay, just give me something at this point. Yeah, and yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Milo confronts Billy outside and admits that he put the shrunken head in the locker and the doll in the car. Billy accuses Milo of everything and he denies it. He says he followed Billy to the woods last night and saw Marty and Ferguson leave. Then an old Ford sped away from the scene. We get a weird bonding scene between the friends next and Milo states that no matter how much trouble they're in, he's with Billy all the way. And that night they go to Billy's house. Milo waits outside in the house are Billy's family, the judge, and Dr. Cleveland. Uh, Milo sees an ambulance pull up, uh, and Billy tries to leave, but paramedics grab him, and Cleveland injects him with a sedative. He's loaded into the ambulance, and they drive off with Milo in pursuit. And they take him to an actual hospital? I found that weird. Yeah, but maybe it's run by society members or something. It has to be. That's the only and explanation. And there was some kind of weird hole I read on IMDb about this because allegedly it's one of those plot holes where mm-hmm. they left in a Ford ambulance and they arrived in a Chevy ambulance, I think. Seven seven viewings. I didn't catch that. I, I wouldn't have caught that. that. I, w- I don't think I would have caught that because it's not something I necessarily would have thought of even to look for. And honestly, it was a different amb- ambulance. Like That seems odd to me. And the movie itself is so confusing at this point. If you did pick up on it, you'd be like, yeah, all right. Why not? Right. Sure, let's well, go Well, seriously, it. if you can't understand it after seven viewings, I mean. Yeah. This is a movie. Eight's not going to do it. Just go just into it, it knowing that you're going to be questioned, but you're not going to be answered. I wonder if this could be like a one semester class, like Society 101. Because <laughs> like, it's very philosophical in all the questions that it's asking and what it could be answering. Yeah. It's like the lost of a movie or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you imagine it's one of those classes where like you sit down and you're like, this seems pretty interesting. I'm not really sure what to expect, but let's see what the uh, professor has to say. And they walk in, they're like, there's only one test. It's one question. And he just writes on the board, explain <laughs> this movie. <laughs> what does this movie mean? Yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Milo enters the hospital and asks about Billy at reception. Uh, they have no record of William Whitney being admitted. Uh, the receptionist goes to check for information. Milo sees a body on a stretcher covered with a sheet. He goes to lift it, but is stopped by the receptionist saying Milo will have to go to the morgue. And while Milo is distracted, somebody slowly pulls the stretcher out of view. What is this supposed to mean? I think they were implying that that was Marty. I'm not Marty. I'm sorry, Billy. You think it was Billy? Yeah, and I think they just got him out of view because that, that was him alive, mm-hmm. and they got him out of the way, but they're faking that he's at the morgue because they right. did that already now to two other previous bodies. That's my guess, but I don't, you know, come on. what? what I thought it was Marty. Or Billy, right? You thought it was Billy. No, I thought it was Marty. Oh, you thought it was I, Marty. I really did. Oh, okay. But it could have been Blanchard. It could have been Billy. I thought it was Billy, like, passed out. It could be sedated. And they were about to expose him, but they moved him before the guy could look, and the nurse then said he was at the morgue because they're already covering up for him. being. Well, gone. see, the weird thing here is that if everybody's in on it, just fucking kill Milo. Yeah, but maybe the nurse isn't. Like, she, she's just being told. Could be. Right? Like, I'm, I'm assuming that there's only a few society members, the ones that were at the party, per, per se, that kind of pulled the strings, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. We're getting way too fucking deep for this thing. <laughs> Sorry, I'll get back. No, no, it. it's it's good. It's just, whew, man. 
Never thought uh, I have a headache after watching this movie. <laughs> Milo refuses to go to the morgue, saying that Billy isn't dead. Uh, outside, he sees Billy's Jeep in the parking lot. How did that get there? Which isn't actually explained, I don't think. Other than it was just somebody dropped it off. Yeah. Billy, Billy wakes up in a hospital bed, restrained. He thinks he heard Blanchard screaming. Uh, looking to the other side of the room, he sees silhouettes of doctors leaning over a bed. One of them says they should get him out of there. Billy pulls back the curtain to reveal nothing. But uh, before before moving on, I have to say, like before Billy wakes up, we see a clipboard with Cleveland's name on it. Did you see the clipboard? With whose name on it? The doctor, his therapist, uh, Dr. Cleveland. Yes. And there's two things written on it. High enema and Thorazine. <laughs> I did not see that. So it's weird that you give somebody a high enema and an antipsychotic. That's interesting. I, okay. I mean, Thorazine makes sense, but. Well, the enema is the kinky part. I guess. Maintain. <laughs> Billy no, <escapes>. so. <laughs> Go for it. I don't I don't know. I'm trying to understand this movie a little bit. Like at any point, did you think this was like the Will Riker psychotic episode or the, you know, from Star Trek next generation or I don't Never know if you watch that. Okay. Um, did you ever think that this is all inside his head, like American psycho style? Not once. Not once. Okay. Cause they're trying to paint that. Right. I, I mean, does yep. it seem like they're trying to paint him as the one now, if they had gone fight club, mental psychosis style would that have been that much of a stretch it would actually fit too right yes but we have no reason to believe that what he has seen is not real other than when he turns pulls down the curtains or not it's not there yeah but milo is the voice of reason and he's agreeing that something weird's going right on. that's a good point but it could also be his imaginary friend right like, that would be the only way that would make sense. If you removed Milo. Almost the Brad Pitt character in a yeah. weird way. Like, I'm not saying that's what it is, right? I'm just I'm just playing with this. Like, let's have fun with this movie. Because yeah, no, if you got rid of Milo. it wasn't made to be serious. That would make sense. And that would pull everything together. And at the end of this movie, we'd be like, oh, okay. That wraps it all up. But what if Milo was imaginary and he only saw him? Very like no, that's Bruce Willis style. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you remove Milo as a real person in the oh, movie. Oh, right, right. Remove him. You're not saying remove him from the movie. You're saying remove him as a as an actual real person in the movie. Yes. Okay. And then all of the questions that were asked that we haven't had answers to yet don't need the answers. Right. But we don't reveal ever that he isn't, that he is real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I'm, once again, it's just one of those movies where he Honestly, ran away with his imaginary friend and his girlfriend who's a contortionist. All you would have to do is get rid of um, the father's acknowledgement of Milo. Oh, yeah. Jim's acknowledgement of Milo at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and that would and be very like, Sixth Sense style, right? Where he exists like, but not exist. That's how he showed up at Ted Ferguson's party. Right. See how cool would that have been? That would have been great. We just fixed this movie, man. We fixed it. <laughs> Society 2. Holy shit, we fixed it. Society Redux. Yeah. Let's do it, man. No, seriously, it's all inside his head. And it literally is, but it everything seems to not be until it just is. Yeah, I mean, it would have to end. With I mean, him look how Fight Club. Right? That's really how Fight Club really ends. I mean, yeah, it's Fight true. Club's a reveal as much as as Sixth Sense was. Yeah, and, and that exp that allows us to have the last 
act of this movie occur and be like, okay, I understand it's not real. Right. Right. It would allow for even more, more abstract thought. Yeah. Cause like it almost seems so abstract that it couldn't be real. Yes. Like, I it, agree. It almost had, it's one thing if they just all got together, but that the way it was anyway, once again, I'm ahead of myself. <laughs> So uh, Bill goes, go to the morgue to see Billy, but they roll away this cart. Now you think it could be Milo or it could be any of them, any three of them. I thought it was Marty or I'm going to guess it's Billy drugged out and they got rid of him out of the view of Milo. And then we have Billy wake up in the hospital room thinking he sees Blanchard and the doctors uh, pulls back the curtain. There's nothing there. Right. And that's when uh, Billy escapes and finds Milo next to his Jeep uh, where Milo's stunned to see him because he was told that Billy's dead. Um, and at this point, Billy has snapped. Like there's no denying that. Oh he yeah, says, for sure. Nobody can beat him. Uh, they brought the Jeep there because they want him to be happy. He says he's not paranoid and all of his fears are real. Um, I guess he didn't get that Thorazine huh? <laughs> or the enema. Yeah. Apparently. He goes to. I mean, maybe house. he only got the low enema, maybe, maybe. and it just only cleared out the bottom part. <laughs> he goes to Clarissa's <laughs> house and confronts her, grabbing her by the collar of her robe and pinning her against the wall. They slap each other, and she says things aren't as they seem. Yeah, no fucking shit. She tries to convince him to stay with her and not to go home. He says they want him home, and it's time to party hearty. Billy leaves Milo outside of Clarissa's house and heads home. Milo gets in his car and Clarissa's mother pops up from the back seat and grabs Milo's hair. He scolds her and then says they're going for a little ride. Billy arrives at his house. The lights aren't working. He slams a glass of water. Uh, side note, dry mouth is a, a side effect of Thorazine. And here's laughter. Ooh, very nice. Upstairs. He grabs a large kitchen knife and goes to investigate. And this is basically how the movie originally opened before the credit sequence. He hears his parents' car approaching the house and then hears the laughter again, followed by someone whisper, keep it down. He confronts his parents as they enter the house. All of a sudden, the lights turn on. Well-dressed socialites grab his arms to subdue him and a police officer puts a dog catcher's noose thing around his neck, pinning him to the floor. What a great move. It is a great move. It's super smart. Yeah. Uh, You know, I would have been like, let's use this thing. I, I would have never thought. No. I don't think they even use those anymore, but 80s. The room yeah, is I don't know with, if it's torture. Or I think that, it is. How, I could see it being, maybe it's a wider collar now. Because the one that that one was like a cable. Man, that one looked nasty. Yeah, it's a pull cable that's looped through the end of a long pole. And you just pull right. the cable back on your end. And it basically will. You can right, it just it cuts into your neck, though. It's exactly. like super like, nasty. So it's not like it, a wide, like a belt band, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's super dangerous. Um, the room is filled with rich people from the community. Dr. Cleveland welcomes them, saying everything went just as they planned, and then introduces Judge Carter. The Whitneys are congratulated on their planning, and Carter says he enjoys the thrill of the hunt and the taste of the shunt. And that alone is one of the most disgusting <laughs> quotes I have ever heard in my life. I am still trying to understand Exactly what innuendo they're saying. <laughs> I, I so's Billy. Does he, does, does he mean shunt when he says shunt? Does he mean like 
the shunt is the act that we see. Ah. Yeah. It's referred to as the shunting. Okay. Billy's super confused. That's right. That is what it's called. Yeah. But he like, asks, just the making it a physical noun, like making it a thing, yeah. makes it sound like an appendage. Yes. Oh, it definitely does. Uh, Billy asks his mother for help. She says she never was his mother, and Jim adds he was never one of them. Shocker. We already called that. Cleveland says Bill is a different species from them, a different class. You have to be born into society. Well, wasn't it? Didn't he also, after he did the Dialian scum the first time? Isn't yeah. that when he told him that? Yeah. Okay. Just want to make um, sure. Well, this is actually where it happens right here. Billy calls them alien scum. Oh, that's but right. Cleveland corrects him, saying they aren't aliens they aren't and aliens. have been there all along. It's a matter of good breeding, which is a line we've heard before from Billy at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Milo and uh, Miss Carlin, uh, Clarissa's mom, arrive outside, and Milo sees Clarissa pull up to the house and enter. Billy's led into the large event room and pinned to the floor again. Clarissa looks saddened at Billy's state, but says nothing and joins the rest. Outside, an ambulance arrives and paramedics pull somebody out of the back with that same dog catcher thing, uh, leading them into the house. And Everybody is getting very touchy-feely inside until the paramedics enter. Uh, it turns out this new arrival is Blanchard. So yeah, going back to what we talked about before, none of that makes sense. Uh, everyone begins to undress and approach Blanchard. The shunting begins. I have written. God, I hate it. I hate it, so uh, it was too like slimy jelly for me. I just wasn't. And, and that's what I have here. Slimy, oozing, naked bodies contort and stretch unnaturally. Fingers push through skin and faces latch on as everyone turns into one fleshy mass, absorbing Blanchard in a perverted, writhing mess of limbs. That, that, that's about right. Yeah. yeah. It's <laughs> like, about the most accurate thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm so sorry. I, the, I will never unhear that. The Whitney family decides not to partake, though, as it's time for incest upstairs. Milo and Mrs. Carlin take down one of the police outside so Milo can grab his uniform. They do so by re Milo removing the cop's hat and showing Mrs. Carlin his hair. Uh, she takes him down easily, and in a sight gag, it's revealed he was wearing a toupee. Clarissa tries to help Billy escape. The, Clarissa's mom just laying on the police officer. Yep. It was just phenomenal. It's just a weird character. And she's like, like Yeah. It seemed very 1989-ish, you know what I mean? It really, yeah. I I feel bad. The uh, actor is uh, Pamela Matheson, played Mrs. Carlin, and... I just, I'm almost embarrassed. Like, I feel like. Has she done anything else? Uh, I don't know. There's no link in I am or in uh, Wikipedia. I can check IMDb in a sec. But it's just. And, and I'm sorry. It is. It is a physical attraction society, right? And it is a movie. And she's not physically attractive. No. So it's not like she's turning ahead. So she'd have to be like a Steve Buscemi back in the I day, just, where she'd actually have to be a good actor. And I like. She can do physical comedy just fine, but it's such a, like this role is an insult. No matter who takes it, it's an insult. Yeah. That was, this role was not Awful. played well. Yeah. And it didn't even make sense. No, not at all. It had zero. Once again, another thing thrown in to just kind of throw, uh, throw you off. Yeah. It's like, okay, so this is Clarissa's mother. Okay. 
what's her story oh we don't we don't know why is she the, the way she is oh, oh you're not going to tell us that either why right, is she coughing the, up hairballs why is what's what with the, the hair <laughs> but there is something that happens at the end that i noticed and that um um judge carter also coughs up a hairball yes so right and i wanted to talk about that okay well we will get to that we're coming up to it very soon (laughs) thank god no i mean i like talking with you i just don't want to talk about this shit anymore (laughs) i'm enjoying it it, man come on i would have hung up we would have hung up a long time ago i've been like oh if um, you're having a rough go imagine how sandro would have dealt with this (laughs) finding out that we recorded it but my audio did not record Oh, he's like, I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing this again. I feel bad for you guys. And I feel I'm, (laughs) I'm grateful that I, that you asked me to do this, but also feel shame and sadness that not shame, but just sadness that you couldn't have your original recording. Oh no, that's fine. I I knew I would get some sort of reaction out of you with this one. I just really wanted to hear it. We do know that if I hit or when I hit stop here, and if we don't get these, we know that this movie's cursed. So it is cursed. Just, I- <laughs> just, I mean, or ask ask some other person, but holy mackerel, this movie could be cursed. <laughs> uh, Billy, uh, Billy runs upstairs and is confronted by Cleveland. Uh, horrible sight gags here. Um, Billy runs into a room, and discovers his quote family have turned into one giant flesh mass. More horrible gags with a return to the line that I will not state here, as per your request. Uh, and we'll and talk. Then, we'll we'll integrate this scene with that yes. as well because it's also my favorite scene. Come on, Billy runs downstairs. Uh, my next note just says more disgusting shunting. <laughs> <laughs> the shunting shall continue Isn't until it? morale improves actually makes me feel sick like they did a great job with the effects in this movie because the elephant face the elephant trunk face stuck to other people seemed really odd yeah but even like seeing fingers slide into other people into it was really weird yeah it was very well done it was you know what credit to that because it was like a it had to have been some kind of gel gelatin right of some sort it had to i don't know how they did it like when they did in the there was one that was a finger of like butt cheeks yeah. And it was like the fingertips. I was like, wow, that looks, re- that looked real. Yeah, it does. It, it, it's cool. I, I'm not going to lie. I was, I was like, wow, that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow. I Maybe that's why they made him slimy right so they could do that. Has to be. Right. Maybe that's why they did that. Cause that could hide that part of the effect. Yeah. So that why not sense. just say we secrete slime on top of it? Oh, look, it also hides the fact that we can dig our skin into each other, even though you can't see it and covers that up. That's so gross. Yeah, but it works. It I know. Works real well. That's enough shunting. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> Billy and Billy and Ferguson fight, and there's no way Billy's winning this one. Uh, Clusa tries to save him, but Ferguson throws her out of the way. Mrs. Carlin even tries to attack, but that doesn't work. Uh, Ferguson continues beating the shit out of Billy, and Ted then tries to shunt him, but Billy rips the rubbery body inside out. And these things actually seem pretty easy to kill well did we get to ferguson getting yeah he just got turned getting, inside out here getting not ferguson i'm sorry blanchard getting it up the butt no i didn't say that that was more of the uh, disgusting shunting statement yeah earlier. but didn't he say something well, didn't didn't the judge say something like well, time to get to the bottom of this or something yep. like, and then rammed his <laughs> and rammed his like basically fisted him 
Yep. Anyway. And yeah, so let's go back to Ferguson because Ferguson. For, yeah. Billy turns Ferguson inside out. Yeah. Much like Carter did to Blanchard. The most amazing thing is the thumb through the mouth and the fingers through the eyes. Through the eyes. And just like pulling down and you're like, this but is interesting. When he turns him inside out, the innards are just worms. Yeah, I don't know what's going on there. Which but that's come on, you don't know the inner you don't know the inner workings of, of a species that's not human but not alien. But it's the same worms that are in the apple that Billy bites at the beginning of the movie. Right. So right there we've got him saying at the beginning it's a matter of good breeding, which is right. repeated to him later. He sees the worms that he ends up seeing later in the movie. It's just it's he a knew weird, without knowing, like he wasn't activated yet. It's a weird coincidence of things that he shouldn't know. And it, again, it is not explained. You know, it could be, it could be shitty uh, foreshadowing. It Oh, it is for sure. But like, you know how they do it in that way? Specific. Right. But where it's so obvious, like it's yeah. so obvious in this case where it need, foreshadowing needs to be a lot more subtle in that than that. Yeah. I agree. Cause if it's too, if it's too overt, which that's what this seems like. Mm-hmm. Then it's just like, uh, okay. But if it's subtle, then you're like, ooh, you know, it's a little more intriguing. You, uh, you ready to wrap up this movie with my last paragraph? I am ready to wrap this up so we can get to the awards and get the heck out of here. <laughs> the society is in a state of shock. Milo gets Clarissa and calls for Billy. Billy knocks out his father and they run outside, the three of them escaping in Billy's Jeep. One more bad joke from the society and roll credits. How'd you feel about that? I think your analysis was excellent. So congrats, kudos. Oh, thank you. That that we that we watched it was sad. That you watched it seven times, I feel a little bit for you. Oh no, don't don't I cry. Feel you could have gotten the same amount in five watches, but I'm fine. You know. Don't worry about me. I've seen <laughs> I've seen worse. Um the the message of the movie is straight up, and it's even the tagline for the movie in that uh, the rich have always fed off the poor. Yeah, there is a philosophical underpinning to all this. Yeah. And kind of seems very relevant to today's world a little bit. I agree. Um, which which seemed odd. That the movie seemed oddly relatable mm -hmm. in its craziness. Because it's almost think, metaphor. It's almost like an allegory. Like, it's metaphorical, right? Like, obviously, yeah. eating, eating us is basically what happened during the pandemic time where the rich got super rich. Mm-hmm. And everyone else struggled. For example, just as an example, this it, it, it's a bad movie. I love it, but it's a bad movie. But do you think that it's better with the shunting as the ending, knowing that the original ending had the society as a cult where they were offering the poor up as sacrifices, none of the monster stuff? I think without the monster stuff, it would have been better. Yeah. It would have been better as either a, like a, just a pure straight up, like orgy sex cult thing or a sacrifice cannibalism, you know, feeding, literally eating them kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I fuck man. Give me a good cult movie. Uh, I love that shit, <laughs> but like, there's something about this movie where like, you know, when you've got like a stomach ache and like you're sitting up with your hands on your thighs and your elbows cocked out and you're like, I can get through this. Just give me a sec. 
that is the shunting for me. Like every time I see this, I'm like, all right, I can make it through it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I just point, didn't really like, watch it. It just wasn't appealing enough to watch in any way. It was, it turned into a game where I'm like, how long can I stare at the screen without having to look away? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's true. But like it, I mean, the whole story of like the judge and all the people in power were the ones running the show. Yeah. Using all the subordinates and the nobodies. I mean, it, it holds this weird everlasting truth to the world. Yeah. It's undeniable. So like, eh, they fed off that little human in that thing in our human brains that we all relate to. I mean, that's pretty smart. Yeah. It's, um, it should have stayed a mystery. It shouldn't be a horror <laughs> film. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It should be redone and better. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I think we we figured out two ways to we can make it better. Yeah, we did. I really like your idea a lot, actually. Well, thank you. It's very kind of you. But Um, I mean, I've seen that before, so it's I'm sure I've gotten that. I, you know, make like I've seen that idea before, so it's not like a genuinely new idea for me. So Um, thank you, but credit goes to whoever I saw it. (laughs) Whoever I stole it from. Yeah, exactly. Whoever (laughs) I stole the idea from. Um. I don't know how much this movie made, but uh, do you want to take a, a guess at the estimated budget that it had? $100,000. Two million. Wow. In 1989. Yeah. Wow. I think that's okay. I can see it on screen. I can see it for the shunting alone. Fuck. I yeah. I mean, I yeah. I mean, the special effects would have cost some money, I think. The amount of KY, man. But but there was no casting. Like, their cast was completely unknown. There's not a single thing I don't think anyone no. really did outside. I think this Billy Warlock guy did, like, Baywatch later. Yeah, it makes sense. I think I looked at his uh, IMDb stuff. Anyway. Um, interesting. Two million. But yeah. you don't know how much it made. I, I, I can't imagine it making half that on the box office, maybe. Man, I was really, really stoked. Oh, no, fuck. No, there's no way they made half that. Um, I know they released a, a special edition Blu-ray of it. I think it's from Arrow, um, which I think is in England. Uh, but it's like they got a bunch of special features on there. Uh, I think the first comic book, because there were two sequels. Um, do you, do you want to hazard a guess at the ratings? Because I've got the rating from IMDb and also from Rotten Tomatoes. I have the critics' uh, tomato meter reading and the oh, audience. The score. movie? Um, tomato meter, I'll give it a 19%. Okay. Audience score. Audience. Oh yeah. Uh, so tomato meters critics. Oh, tomato meter, 23% audience score, 18%. Let's go there. Way off. Okay. Tomato meter is higher than the audience score. The critics gave it 62. Oh, wow. the audience gave it 51. IMDb. Wow, 51. Said, yeah. That seems high. 6.5 on IMDb. Wow, that's impressive. Um, Kudos. Hey, yeah. look, that's that's not bad for all the mu- for all the stuff that's out there that's worse than that. I didn't yeah. like I said, I didn't I didn't I wasn't I didn't find myself turning away from it. No, it's it's just it's it's an unfinished mess of a potentially really entertaining film. Yes. Um I think well, cast I think cast would have a huge bearing on this. Oh, definitely. Like you could totally have the cast be really good actors. Like Billy could be like a Joaquin Phoenix type and you'd have like the parents be like, uh, 
uh, I don't know, Dennis Hopper. Wait, you want Joaquin Phoenix to play a high schooler? I, no, no, I'm just saying, like, I'm talking about time, like, obviously back in the time. Not now, oh, you couldn't okay. have him do it. I'm saying, no. like, what kind of actors would, would fit that role well? Like, I don't know any teenagers right now that are up-and-coming actors that could do that. You could get... Tom like a young Holland. Heath Ledger could have done Tom it. Tom Holland is Billy. Tom Holland, okay, that'll work. Tom yeah. Holland's good. Anyway, yeah, we we, we <laughs> let's keep going, man. <laughs> I right, don't know we'll if get, we can recast this we'll whole thing before the, uh, we stab our ears out. We'll get into the awards and then we'll do Perfect. a recommendation or not. Uh, Love it. So normally it's a back and forth of who starts. I'll we'll just start. Please kick it off every time. I'm happy to, to follow. Perfect. That's what I was going to go with. So for worst performance, I have Heidi Kozak as Shauna. And that's because I cringed every time she was on screen. How dare you? <laughs> what? How dare you? You better not have picked her for best performance. I did. Because <laughs> she was so dramatic. She was such a drama queen. Uh, She was like so over the top. It was a phenomenal performance of a teen. Well, think about it. She was like a teenager. So of course, everything would be so over the top with her reactions. Yeah. I I don't know. I I know it sounds weird, but she like grew on me and it's, I did not, I I found her just as grating as you did. But then later I'm like, wow, she's really so good at being this overly dramatic person. She's like, Billy, how how dare you do it this way? You know what I mean? It was just so overly done. <laughs> I thought it was well done. Who did you pick for worst then? I thought Milo sucked. Evan Richards, yeah. He yeah. yeah. He was just he not magnanimous. And yeah. yeah. And look, he doesn't need to stick out, but Billy is such a nobody that like you had to play such an even more nobody. Okay. To, right? right? Cuz you you can't have him be outshone like you can't have him outshine Billy. Billy's the star, right? So like Milo yeah. had to be more boring, but Billy wasn't exactly magnanimous. So you be you picked Milo <laughs> as your worst. I did. And Shauna as I your did. best. I thought Shauna was amazing I in this. Shauna as worst. And my best performance was, was Bill, Milo? Billy Warlock. <laughs> <laughs> it's Bill Whitney. It, look, it was good. He did he did well with what he was given. Yeah. I mean, come on. It's like he's got to be pretty young in this. He doesn't seem to be very well like trained or very Honestly, well directed. I think it's I think I just he reminded me so much of John Stamos. It did. I totally get it. I see it even in like the IMDb picture. This yeah. angle is like this guy's ready to sell Greek yogurt. I just see it. Um going into memorable line, um I know mine's a little bit more, I think, serious than yours, but doesn't have as much commentary on uh, on the state of the film. <laughs> uh, it's a back and forth between Dr. Cleveland and Billy, where Cleveland says, you know, you really deserve what's going to happen to you. <laughs> Billy says, well, what's going to happen? And Cleveland finishes off with, you're going to make a wonderful contribution to society. <laughs> again it's a line bad. that only makes sense on a, a second viewing it or really does viewing. yeah um, well it's just funny how they called society like an entity it was an entity it was an entity yeah yeah like a sect yeah um but yes your most memorable lines plural i guess right. 
Well, I'll start with the one. I'll start with the the lesser of the two because the lesser of the two is just funny. But earlier in the movie, Tom Ferguson is talking to the judge, and the judge turns to either Jim the dad or the doctor and says, I might have a place for him in Washington in the summer. Like an internship. He yeah. kind of hints at it like some kind of internship. Yeah. And then the shit happens to Tom Ferguson at the end. Yeah. And like the last line before they fade to black is, well, I guess I have an opening for Washington in the summer or something <laughs> like that. So I thought that was hilarious. That was, yeah. Uh, so well done. They had me to the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the my favorite line is, uh, Billy walks in on the, uh, on, well, he walks in and the parents are there, right? Yeah. And they get uh, in a huge with, fight uh, downstairs. With the uh, Jenny, right? They're, yeah, with they're Jenny. massaging Jenny's shoulders. He's got the sex doll with him. Yes, and they're getting all like angry and whatnot. <laughs> and he Billy goes to storm out, and Jim, his father's like, "You don't go anywhere, Billy, or whatever." And he says, "Fuck you, butthead." <laughs> it's the worst. And I'm like, okay, I get fuck you, but like you're gonna follow it up with butthead? Yeah. That is definitely a sign of the time. It's terrible, though. Like, I don't even think Beavis and Butthead existed. 89? Liquid Television? Would have been right around that time, right? Yeah. I mean, it had to have been right about that time. So I don't think that was a... a Butthead must have been, like, more it was of a lexicon thing. Yeah. Right. But, like, you know, before the Beavis and Butthead really took off, it was, oh, like, it a definitely. thing, too. But, but it was like, like, fuck you, Butthead. Like, come like, on, if you're man. Gonna, if you're going to swear... In a right. line that also has butthead. Right. Fuck is probably one of the hardest words you can throw in there. Exactly. Which just mutes the importance of the rest of your statement. You need to measure your what you're going to call him the same strength as the, as the expletive that you're going to yell at him. Otherwise, it's a weak statement. It is. It totally is. Because it's like, hey, screw you, guy. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yeah. yeah. And there's a callback to it, right? There is a callback to it. Please, as the expert analysis and uh, some summizer of the movie, please share with us. Uh, well, when uh, when Billy escapes the shunting <laughs> and goes upstairs, he finds his uh, parents and sister in one giant fleshy mass of limbs. We get... A few different scenes, weird shots, but one where his father, Jim's face, sticks out from between the back of two thighs where your ass is. And he says, was it, what do you know? Maybe I am a butthead. Yeah. And he started laughing. And starts right? laughing. So that's With what I understand. a weird sense of glee. Yeah. Which was really creepy. They seemed like a giddy bunch of non-alien, non-humanoids. Uh, but they didn't seem as, like, they were both mean and laughing at the same time. It was very odd. I, I never saw them as threatening, the parents. Yeah, no. But then you see what they're a part of, and en masse, it's horrifying. I can't believe two two of the main actors had super huge birthmarks also. Uh both uh Blanchard and the mother, Nan. Yeah. And and the thing about Nan, her body was slamming. 
but something was up above the neck. You know what I mean? Something wasn't right there. <laughs> Am I wrong? I mean, I thought her physique was very nice. I do have to bring up what you said about uh, birthmarks or beauty marks, as they're referred to. In the oh, movie. yes, beauty marks. As uh, as Blanchard has been, what's the term I'm looking for here? Devoured? Uh, Yeah. Sucked on. <laughs> yeah, they, that definitely sucked happens. Off. Sucked on, sucked off, like uh, um, Mi Mr. Miyagi. The judge ends up with his uh, birthmark on his face. Yeah. It was weird, like a genetic, like they had some kind of genetic. It's weird. Transfer. Yeah, I, I, I don't, don't know. I don't know if they could clone or, I like, once again, so many questions. Yeah, I just caught one line here on screen saying, Brian Yezna, the director, later cited the film's mix of paranoia, black humor, satire, and gore as alienating mainstream audiences. <laughs> Accurate. Accurate. Oh, shit. That's funny. It's, alienating. Uh, yeah. That's, that uh, would, okay. So normally we would go on to recommendations here. Just final thoughts. What you, anything you'd like to say about the movie before we sign off here? I, it was worth the hour 30. I agree. Like you want to pop, pop a couple beers, drink every time they say shunt, drink every time they say Billy or. Don't, don't do that. Or, oh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like have a drinking game with it. Have some fun. It's worth a watch. When it comes to the gross scenes, I thought it would be a lot more like, I'll be honest. I'm not a horror movie guy at all. I'm, I can't watch operations. I can't watch gore stuff. Really? Yeah. I used to. Shit, I, just, I wish I, I knew that before I asked you to do. No, this. that's okay. Well, I got turned off to this one. Well, once again, it was a still shot of like the final scene, which is the only part really that had it, and it was so once again kind of like Holliston. It's yeah, so over the top that it's obviously not even close to real. No, God, no. So it's a lot more palpable for me because it's almost cartoonish. Mm -hmm. Right on. Uh, would you recommend it to anybody? Heck yeah. I would tell people, like I said, we make a drinking game out of it. Yeah. Awesome. What about you? What do you think? What are your final thoughts? Um, I, I will start off by saying this movie is a fucking disaster, but I love it. Yeah. Um, let your imagination run wild with it. Yeah. I don't think I could recommend it to anybody Whoa. expecting them to like it right yeah i, I mean I, I would never tell somebody that this is a good movie to yeah, watch like i I'd would say hey if you want to kill an hour and a half yeah if like if you want to have in. a fun conversation about a mess of a movie and let's see if we can salvage what we saw check out society it's a trip um i think the acting is all right um special effects are fantastic uh for a, a late 80s low budget horror mystery whatever the hell it is it's pretty competent um i've seen a lot worse i just wish this was better everything um, had starting thoughts but nothing really completed thoughts that's really exactly it's like they opened the box hoping that they do 13 of these or yeah. something i don't know yeah. and then they eventually backfill the stories it is part one of a two-part story that we just never got the second part to um, they asked all the questions that made you start wondering, and then you never got a single answer. Yeah. I mean, seriously, what happened after they drove away? Where did they go? How did they make it? 
Were they it, followed? Were they chased? Are these people in other cities or just in this little town? Yeah. The only thing uh, I can liken this to is a, a TV show that you really enjoy that ends on a cliffhanger at the end of the first season and then gets canceled. Yes. Or you even don't. series finales that stink. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to like in this movie. Um, but I could see people getting really frustrated with it. Yeah, for sure. The, I think the shot thing would really turn a lot of people off. <laughs> it just, uh, it would have been better with like, I mean, just like a simulated orgy. Yeah, I agree. Or even like f- just them feeding off them. Just you be know, like vampire, like, you know just what I mean? Be, yeah. Yeah. Uh, something oh. like that. I don't know. All right. Well, I mean, I think our thoughts are pretty clear on the movie. Uh, I, originally I thought you hated it, but it's, it's I'm not going to lie. I thought I would, I, I was like, I still have to watch this. And I, I kept pushing it off and I'm, it's my own fault because I'm, I'm a person who likes to like live up to a commitment. You know what I mean? Like we committed to doing something. Hey, I'm going to see it through. If I, if there's any possible way I can see it through, I can. So I'm like, I put it in. I'm like, wow, I really over worried about it (laughs) to be honest. Cause it turned out to be watchable. Yeah. It was weird and it was, it really didn't make sense, but it was like, I could watch the individual scenes and not be like, oh my God. And, it, yeah. and you, you got to chuckle out of it. Well, the horror is laughable and the mystery is surprisingly engaging. Yeah. And yeah. Shauna being the best actor of the group, I mean, she just <laughs> sold it for, for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, yeah. I do, I have to thank you for, uh, for coming on and, uh, and talking society with me. Uh, Mark, is there, um, anything, uh, anything you would like to plug on our way out here? I'd like to thank, uh, you for your incompetence. Cause obviously I wouldn't be doing this with you <laughs> if you had not screwed up in the first place. So thank you. And thanks Sandro for not wanting to do this again. Although, I mean, I did get to watch it, so I would never watched it if it wasn't for your recommendation. So thank you. Um, what's going on? I, you know, I'd like to relaunch, uh, and cover some serious topics. Um, but I don't know what's going on. Maybe we'll get, maybe we'll talk some serious stuff and fun, some fun stuff in the future. Fantastic. I'd like to, I'd like to get going again. It's just, it's hard to find something consistent, you know, you know how it is. Of course. But you guys are consistent Kings. You guys are like the Kings of consistency. Always things on the go recorded last night, started notes for next week already. So that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. You've been keeping busy and everything. Always. Good. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, with that, I guess that was 1989 Society. Um, This has been the BS Bargain Bin. I'm Ben. That was Mark. All the best, guys. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. (laughs) 